the biggest barriers for us I see is mainly childcare. It's not that we can't, we're not physically capable or mentally capable of doing the job. Is that women are predominantly the, the caregivers, mm-hmm. and so if we're predominantly the caregivers and we can't get care for our child, then we have to step in and take care of our child. And if we have to step in and take care of our child. We can't be the breadwinners, also. Yeah, you know, it, it makes it a lot more challenging for us to do both. Yeah, we're doing it but it's not easy and we shouldn't have to. Hey, Construction Nation. Welcome to Lead with Trust. I'm Sue Dyer, and I've been on a three-decade journey to figure out how to make sure our construction projects succeed and produce some extraordinary results. My trusted leader journey has led me to work on over 4,000 construction projects worth over $180 billion. In this podcast, I'm here to teach you everything I've learned. One thing I know is that it starts with the leaders of the businesses and organizations that come together to build a project. If that's you, let's get going. Hey, Construction Nation, this is Sue Dyer, and you are listening to Lead with Trust podcast, where today we are going to have another wonderful woman who is working in the trades for the operating engineers, local number three, and doing a lot to promote women and others to join the operating engineers. And I think she has some really great insights. This is Meg Ann Pryor. She's a rock star and uh, went to college and didn't know anything about construction, Didn't had never heard of it. And then through some outreach programs, she became aware, went through a pre-apprentice program, and that's how she found the operating engineers. And so I think that it's a great story that many, many people could relate to not knowing about the trades, not knowing where to go, but then through kind of just in a program that existed, she found her way to the operating engineers. So I think it's a great interview and she's awesome and she's doing some awesome work to bring more people into the industry. So let's listen in. We are really, really excited today, Construction Nation, to have a wonderful guest. I'm so excited. I can't wait to learn more from Meg Ann Pryor. Welcome, Meg Ann, to Lead with Trust. Thank you. Thank you. So women in construction is our theme, really, for the rest of this year. And how do we bring more women into the industry? When there's a half a billion construction jobs that are going unfilled. And so I think you are going to be so exciting to learn more from. So tell us a little bit about what brought you to construction. Uh, Yes. So for me, I wanted to make a living wage. I wanted to be able to buy my own house, to buy a nice car, to travel my future family because of course I wanted to have kids and to me it was a no-brainer right I need to get somewhere where I can accomplish all these things and so getting into the trades was you know detrimental in 
making that happen. So my friend told me about City Build, which is a free apprenticeship program. And they expose you to all the different trades. So you have 18 weeks and they tell you about different crafts and the list trades versus the hunt trades. And you get to pick which one you want to go into. So tell us a little bit more about that. So maybe I can put a link in for that. Yeah, definitely. So uh, City Bill is a free apprenticeship program. They're based out of San Francisco. And they help you, you know, getting your driving record together. They help you with stipend pay now. I think it's um, anywhere between a thousand dollars a month, and they help you with like groceries or a bus, a bus card if you like Clipper or Bart. They also help you with, you know, checking in with their different liaisons for different organizations. So they have a slew of resources at your disposal, and they can, you know, funnel you into a, a great apprenticeship program with with any union that you're interested in. I think that's such a smart thing for women right now who might be interested in this is mm-hmm. to go to some, go to something like City Build. There must be that in other cities as well. Oh, yeah. There's um, one something in similar. There's one in Oakland called uh, Rising Suns. Mm-hmm. And there's another one in San Francisco called Success Centers. And we have we have listeners all over the world. Oh, that's so we have listeners uh, in the United States. We have them in the Middle East. In Australia, in Europe, we have listeners all over because construction is everywhere. But, right, right. Uh, but right now, I, you know, just in the just in the in the construction industry in the in the United States, we have an enormous need. So, mm-hmm. so, so you went through this program and you chose the operating engineers. Why did you choose OE three? Yeah. So when I initially started, I went out for the laborers, and doing the laborers, I saw the operating engineers, and I was like. That's what I want to do. You know, I saw this big, huge forklift coming down the hill, picking up all the bags that we were throwing into the box. And that's what they did all day. And I was like, that, that, and it clicked. A little light bulb went off in my head. And I said, the operating engineer. So I had applied. I went through the interview process. I went through their apprenticeship. I was apprentice of the year. I was volunteer of the year. And I just never stopped, you know, going to my meetings, the picnics, the outreach, phone banking, anything I can get involved in, I was involved in. I I loved it. I I never looked back. That's so cool. That's so cool. So tell us a little bit about right now you're in a different role, not in the field, Mm -hmm. but as apprentice coordinator for the Jack or Joint Apprenticeship Committee, which I was on for quite a few years, many, many years ago. Oh, nice. So yeah, so tell us more about your role now and what you're doing and and, and how, what you might be doing to bring women in. Yeah, so now I'm the apprenticeship coordinator. I'm actually the first uh, in the history of the union African-American female apprenticeship coordinator. So that's huge, right? And I was just, I was so excited because my coordinator, she was great. Anytime I needed anything, she was there. She was helpful. She had advice. And for me, I want to be able to give that back to my apprentices. And now I'm doing recruitment in the Bayview, in San Francisco, in San Mateo. I'm looking to get in as many women and as many new apprentices as I can. So I've been doing a lot of career fairs. I've been talking to a lot of friends, a lot of family a lot of members in the community and just telling them to spread the word. Hey, we are taking applications from now until June. 
I've also been talking with my director of training, which is previously my apprenticeship coordinator. And I was letting her know, I was like, hey, maybe we should leave the application open a little bit longer, a little past June. I think that will help us bring in more applicants. Yeah, I know some of the other trades now are just, they have all year long. Mm-hmm. For, yeah, forever, it's, all year long. forever it used to be there, you know, everybody went to a date, they took a test and then they mm-hmm. kind of went, they went in or they weren't in and then they had to wait another year. And right. I know some of the other crafts now are doing like every quarter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's they, funny because great. we used to be open all year. And now we're doing it, you know, from January to June. And I'm like, maybe we need to leave it open a little bit longer. Especially in, you know, the non-construction months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So the applications, I want to make sure that uh, where do people go if there's somebody listening to this who would like to apply? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be oe3.org. And you want to click California training and then scroll down. There's going to be a link that says, watch this. Okay. I'll put that in the show notes. So it'll be there for everybody. That's awesome. Excellent. Okay. So tell us more about what are you doing to bring women in particularly? I know in some of the other conversations we've had with some of the women in the field, that you talked about you you chose operators because you wanted to have kids. And that's been sort of a problem for or a challenge. I don't think it's a problem. It's a challenge during those few childbearing years mm-hmm. when you need to be be at a specific place with your kids. You can't really be on a job site. So get any mm-hmm. thoughts on that? Because I think that's a hard nut to crack in the industry. Yeah, definitely. I know we just uh, we just received the Erica grant. So Mission Hiring Hall and City Build and uh, Success Center, San Francisco Mandela, uh, they're going to be able to access that grant and to help their pre-apprentices and their apprentices with child care. Okay. And it's really great because it's going to cover, you know, grandmas, sisters, aunties. Let's say the applicant or the apprentice doesn't want to be in the regular child care, they can use that money to pay somebody in their family to take care of their child while they're at work. And that's a big, that, and for construction, that can be a challenge. You know, a lot of the jobs we have started 4 a.m., mm-hmm. 5 a.m., it's not easy to go into a normal child care situation. Exactly. And, so, and, you know, and then you worry about them. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, it's like they're not old enough to have their own phone yet. So, <laughs> yeah. We <laughs> can talk to them. So, that's, that's a challenge. Well, that yeah. sounds really, that sounds really awesome. And hopefully, more of that will happen so that it's more available. A couple other things that I've heard as challenges is, you know, certainly there's still some old baggage with just like not believing women can do the job. Mm-hmm. So what's, what's your thoughts on that? And, and is that changing? Uh, what can women do to help change it? What can men do to help change it? Mm-hmm. It has gotten better. I say when I was an apprentice, it was uh, a lot of men were afraid you were going to take their job or they felt like, you know, why are you here? Now they can't be uh, themselves, right? Maybe they were openly misogynistic or they're openly, you know, sexually offensive. 
and they were joking with their guy friends. And so their guy friends aren't going to get offended, you know, but now there's a woman on a job. So now I have to be careful with what I say. She's going to report me. And, and so for me, I just told him, I said, hey, I don't care what you do or what you say. Just don't involve me in it, you know. And so that's kind of how I tackled it on. But I think, too, for a lot of women, we're naturally, you know, feminine. So we want to have our, our lashes and our makeup and our nails. And so when I was out in the field as an apprentice, I wouldn't have any of that. No nails, no makeup, no lashes. I would I would literally blend in. You couldn't tell if I was a guy or a girl. And I think that will help you go a long way, you know, dress the part and, and be the part. You don't have to, you know, be a feminine woman on the job site, but you can also be a little girly, but think about it in the long term, right? If this is how I'm going to be portrayed and I want to get respected, I need to come to work, ready to work in my work clothes. And you see some of the other trades are inside, but the operators were mostly outside. Mm -hmm. So the dangers of that also of having, you know, nails and lashes and hair, things getting caught in the machines and pinch points, it, it does become dangerous. So I would say for the women, just be mindful of, you know, how you're dressed and what you wear. And for the men, be respectful of there being a woman on the job site look out for them. And if they're doing something unsafe or they look like they need a little help, pitch in because, you know, women and men are have different strengths. And a lot of the men seem to forget that sometimes. Well, one of the things that I've heard too from several of the like superintendent that have risen up to superintendent level mm -hmm. is that they definitely had allies, you know, yes. like someone who mentored them, who became an ally. So what's been your experience around that? Yeah, I definitely had a couple of allies on the job and that's been great. You can talk to them and they can go to bat for you. That way you're not being seen as the woman who's arguing or you're not, you're not going to get this, this stigma or this label about you. Oh, she doesn't work well with others. Or, you know, I don't have, I don't like having them on a job because they're always PMSing. You know, we get these cra crazy labels out here on the job when all we want is to be treated fairly. And so, yeah, and, and equally. <laughs> exactly. And so, we're not asking for any special treatment. We just want to be treated like the rest of the crew. That's yeah. it. Well, that's so what's cool. Have, you know, right. I've been working in construction for over 40 years and, one of the best compliments I know I ever got was when somebody slapped me on the back and said, she was just a regular guy, Sue. And I thought, <laughs> okay, cool. Like, I like you. that. <laughs> so what do you see as maybe as, as you're out there recruiting and talking to people, what do you see as some of the biggest barriers for girls or women entering the industry? Uh, the biggest barriers for us, I see, is mainly childcare. It's not that we can't, we're not physically capable or mentally capable of doing the job. Is that women are predominantly the, the caregivers. Mm -hmm. And so if we're predominantly the caregivers and we can't get care for our child, then we have to step in and take care of our child. And if we have to step in and take care of our child, we can't be the breadwinners also. Yeah. You know, it, it makes it a lot more challenging for us to do both. Yeah, we're doing it but it's not easy and we shouldn't have to. If there's options for 
you know, 24 hour child care or, you know, child care at unconditional hours, that would be way better for women that are in construction. That would be yeah. a huge, a huge thing for us. Well, that kind of reminds me, I think we should tell everybody too, that when you're an apprentice, mm-hmm. how much money do you make? What kind of fringes right. do you have? And when you become an apprentice, approximately how much money do you make? Mm-hmm. per hour and so I think that's a good thing to share too yeah definitely I know for us we just knew we renegotiated our contract so we're gonna get a $13 raise over the next five years so right now the pay is about 20 28 an hour 2804 I believe and so the following year we're gonna get five dollars and then five dollars again and then you know, I think 480 goes to your hours and the rest of it goes to like your fringe package, right? But I mean, now it's 2804 to start out. And when you journey out, you're looking at about making 46 an hour. But at, you can, as a journeyman, you can operate different pieces of equipment and your pay still changes, right? So some people will be getting 60, some will be getting 55. If you're operating a tower crane, you're, you're up there in the hundreds, right? An hour. 150 an hour. If you're blade or if you're dozer, you're getting about 60 an hour. So it's it's really it's really nice, and that's not including your benefits package, right? So your health, your dental, your vision, which is another thirty dollars an hour. I mean, it's right, it's exactly. not insignificant. Yeah, exactly per hour, and that covers you and your family. So it's pretty great to have that and to not have to worry about you know your medical benefits, your health benefits. And your pension, you got a nice pension. Yes, and that pension, that's going to be great. When you retire, you can sit pretty and not have to worry about anything. You're getting a check, you know. And and your health and welfare. Exactly. So many benefits. Yeah. Hope you're enjoying the show. Every time you and your team step foot onto a construction project, you bring your business culture with you. For any construction project to succeed, there must be a high trust culture. It doesn't matter if you're in planning, design, construction, or startup phases. The more trust you bring and build, the better your results. I've created a free resource for you, the Trusted Leader Profile. So you can know exactly the level of trust you bring to your business and projects and what you can do to boost trust. You can grab that at sudico.com slash profile. That's S-U-D-Y-C-O dot com slash profile, P-R-O-F-I-L-E. And I hope that you'll remember that always high trust equals high performance, and it really depends on you. Now back to the show. So the other thing I think is really interesting, particularly in operating engineers, because I think it's a really great trade for women. Yes. I think one of the cool things is that you can advance in your abilities and continue to advance in the amount of pay you can earn. Because like, you know, if you're, if you can do finished grading, you're, that's highly sought after. I mean, if you can, if you really get really skilled, you can, you can do a lot. Right. Yeah. 
Definitely. You can, you can kind of even, you know, say, hey, look at, check this out. I, I know my skill set and I know what I'm good at. So I think you guys should pay me a little bit more, you know? That's and true, so too. I, I know some of the, uh, I have still have some collective bargaining groups that I have. And I've, I have one group that nobody earns the the rate that's given. They're all, because they're, they're take too much skill. They, mm-hmm. they, they earn way above, above this, the rates. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you think about employers and maybe the unions themselves, what do you think they could do to help attract more women? And do you think women are as a good, a good chance? Because we have all these empty spaces, jobs mm-hmm. in construction. I've had three jobs just this last month come and tell, say that they can't man it. They can't man the job. They don't have enough people to meet the schedule. And so this is really beginning to hit now where we don't have enough people. So what do you think that we as an industry, particularly employers who hire people, but the unions that who, you know, if you're signatory, you're working through the unions, got any Mm -hmm. ideas on what we can do to, attract more women or do things to make them feel welcome? Yeah, I want to say outreach. Because when I was coming up, you know, going to college and going to school, I had no idea what the operating engineers was. I had no idea they were a union. You know, I knew about construction, but I thought it was just labor and electricians or laborers and plumbers. I had no idea there are cement masons, there's bricklayers, there's sheet metals. There's so many There's other different so crafts many out there. Trades, yeah. So what kind of outreach do you it's, think, it's they, think they should be doing? What kind of outreach do you think they, they could or should I, be doing? Even they could do it as the construction yeah. trades. I mean, they could do it. Right. I know they compete yeah. with each other, but it, that would be another way that you could do it. Yeah, I think starting to go to these these high schools, these middle schools, and putting on trade shows, you know, like maybe have, you know, a rodeo or maybe have um, an expo and maybe have just a huge giant career fair where all the trades come and bring out, you know, all their cool toys. Like for us, we have simulators, we have the virtual ones and we have the ones you can sit in and actually move the excavator with. I think getting them, getting the students engaged on hands-on activities, especially the 11th and 12th graders, Getting them exposed to that early on, they're like, wow, like this is what I want to do. That's mm-hmm. where I want to be at. I want to mm-hmm. go to this trade. I want to go to that trade. Because a lot of people don't even know about construction. They think it's, it's uh, you know, it's taboo. And so getting them to know like, hey, you can make a living wage. You can have really great benefits. And that changes people's minds a lot of the time. Absolutely. I love the idea of the of the trade fair and using the simulations or years ago, we used to have a every year we would have a rodeo and uh, no equipment rodeo. It was so fun where they'd have to scoop a like a ping pong ball off of um, and have to move it somewhere. I'm just really very Mm -hmm. fun to do. But then we'd also let the kids sit on the equipment with with sitting there helping them to learn. Yeah, I I think. Great. But that exposure, people haven't been exposed to it. If they're not in construction, they don't have a family member that works in it. They don't know right. about mm-hmm. it. They don't know. So it seems like they need a whole lot more than just you running around. 
Definitely. How how many fares do you can you do? Like, does do you think the operating engineers? Because operating engineers is not just it's California, it's Utah, it's Hawaii. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's big. Yeah, yeah, we are everywhere. Yeah, Nevada. We are we are large. We're one of the largest unions in Northern California. So we're building trade unions for sure. I know for uh for myself and a couple other of my coordinators, we've done we've been doing career fairs like all all last week. Just every day we're somewhere new. And a lot of the high schools are we're seeing a lot of the high schools get more and more involved. Well it seems like that that's I'd love to see uh get some statistics from you in a couple of years. Uh, mm-hmm. what's that what's that moving the needle for operating engineers apprentice programs bringing people in have you seen any of that yet like when you do you know these every week how mm-hmm. many do you think that you, you stimulate i know we'll have a group like the whole half the school will be there i'd say we stimulate about 10 or 20 who are actually show interest in the operating engineers a lot of kids come over they kind of just sign a paper, right? Oh, my instructor, my teacher wants me to get this signed or I have to be here. But there's a couple in there and that mix. They're like, wow, I didn't know I could do this. This mm-hmm. seems really cool. This seems like a lot of fun. I think I will be good at this. And so for every one of those persons, it's it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Because you have to go out there and help them learn before they're going to come and say, yes, I want to do this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Exactly. So besides having the filling the half a billion dollar construction jobs that are currently unfilled, uh, what other benefits do you think that, you know, working in the construction trades really offers? I mean, we talked about the financial part. What other mm-hmm. things do you think it offers to women as coming in and making this their career? Yeah, I think it, it offers stability, you know, and financial freedom. You know, for me, coming from, you know, a low income community and a single mom, I never thought I'd ever be able to make enough money to support myself. I was, I was working at. You know, a lot of uh, shoe stores or clothing stores, a lot of retail my whole life. And so I never thought I'd be able to, you know, buy anything nice for myself or take a nice trip. And so getting into the local three has really awarded me the opportunity to just fulfill a lifelong dream, which was to buy a house, you know, when I hit 30 and buy a nice car. And so it's just it's life changing. And so. To be able to be a woman and to be financially independent aside from your husband or your spouse or your partner, that in itself is just like, it's amazing. It's, it's, I can't even put it in words. Sometimes it's like, wow. Especially if you people who know me and who know people like me, you know, growing up where we come from, from Baby Hunter's Point, a lot of people are either in jail, on drugs, or just trying to get by. Yeah, they don't have they don't didn't have the opportunity to see what was possible. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that they aren't capable, but they just right, exactly couldn't, couldn't see the the opportunity and they just didn't see it. One of the other things that's interesting because years and years ago, because I've been around here since forever, um, it used to be that, you know, the trade sort of had this um hierarchy to it. So you would sort of start in 
maybe the laborers. And then after you'd worked there for a few years and you kind of learned some stuff, then you would pick another trade to move to like operating engineers or plumbers or electricians. And then you'd mm-hmm. work there and then maybe you would specialize. So it sort of had this hierarchy to it, but it seems to me today that it's much more open. Mm-hmm. That you can you can join the trade as an apprentice when you start. I don't think mm-hmm. it was so much that way years ago. Mm-hmm. Should give a lot more ability for anyone who wants to join the trade to join. Right, exactly. And I think that was possible before. Right. Yeah. So so how open do you think the trades are becoming to welcoming people? They've kind of been a closed society for a long time. Yeah, yeah, for a long time, especially for us. I know for the operators when they when uh when things were starting out, people who looked like me weren't allowed in. You know? And so well, yeah, now, people that look like me either. So Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we've really broken a lot of barriers and glass ceilings in that way. And so it's every year with new legislation, with new people who are getting in good trouble, you know, we are making it, making a way for more people to get into different apprenticeship programs, different trades. And also people who are, people are retiring, right? And we're bringing in fresh new faces people who have new dreams and new ideas and want to change and want to stir things up. And that's also helping the trade to become bigger and better. And with that, you're going to have a little bit of friction, but if everyone's on the same page and on the same accord, everyone wants change for the better. It's going to be even better than it was, you know, five, 10 years ago. And that's, that's where we're heading. We're going bigger and better. That sounds exciting. I, I think that the operating engineers, you know, there are so many children that watch the the big equipment and there's all these videos that the kids watch. And so see, you you could you could do that for your living. You could drive those big machines. Yeah, you can get paid to play in the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> all day long. Dig dig a big hole. I love it. <laughs> so do you have any parting advice for the trades for contractors, for women and men in the industry, as for what we might need to do to level this up to get more women in and other people so that, you know, we have people in there because in two years, just from the retirements, instead of 500,000, it'll be 650,000 open slots. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, that is huge. Yeah, I would say for the women, you know, don't don't be afraid, you know, go after it, go for it. I know a lot of women are like, oh, I don't know if I could do it. It looks hard. I don't, uh, it looks scary. Go after it. You can do it. And the contractors and the employers, you know, encourage women that you know that you think would be mm-hmm. good at it. Sometimes they just need an extra push. Sometimes they just need some incentive. Sometimes they just need someone to believe in them. You know, I met a girl at a pre-apprenticeship program in, in Oakland, Rising Sand, and she was telling me that her brother was a longshoreman and that her other brother was an electrician. And I'm thinking, you became a teacher. Why didn't you get into the trades? Why didn't they encourage you to get into the trades? Because now she's at a pre-apprenticeship program looking to get into the trade, but she has two brothers 
that are in the trade. So yeah. be they, that ally, be that advocate. Yeah. Yeah. Or just even know that it's possible and that exactly. you're welcomed and exactly. that you're welcomed. You're welcomed. You're wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think that's so big. Be so, the push that they need. Yeah. Okay. One of the other things too, is that for those of you who join a, a craft in a union setting, you're going to work for an employer. Right. And that contractor, they have lo- lots of different cultures, you know, they have different ways of operating. So if it doesn't mm-hmm. fit for you, just find one that does fit for you. There's, exactly. There's enough of them out there. And there's exactly. certainly enough demand for anybody who's good is always going to be employed mm-hmm. and be able so to pick true. where they want to go. Yep. <laughs> this has been so fun thank you so much Megan for yeah, being here pleasure. and being part of Lead with Trust and hopefully pioneering this so we can see more women out there in the field and on the on the equipment in the seat yes that's that's my goal <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much yeah thanks for having me I enjoyed myself Okay, Construction Nation, I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Lead with Trust. Will you do me a favor? If you think this episode can help anyone on your team or business, please forward it to them. Please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And your honest review, hopefully five stars, is much appreciated. Every leader who learns how to build their business and projects on a foundation of trust is going to reap the rewards of greater productivity, attracting the best of the best, enjoying your business more, and doing things you thought were impossible. If you want to know where you are in your trusted leader journey, I have a free resource for you. Please just go to sudico.com profile, S-U-D-Y-C-O dot com profile. And you can grab it there and find out where you are on your trusted leader journey. And so that is a wrap for today. Can't wait until I get a chance to hang out with you again next week. And until then, have a great day.